248-539-9797. TJ Lang in studio. Lions finished the season with a winning record, 9-8. and eight. When you don't make the playoffs, how important is it to have a winning record, or is it just different because it's year two of a massive rebuild? I think it's just different because you see proof, right? Um, now, from the player's perspective, sure, the guys that know they're going to come back, like, yeah, I think you've set a different level of expectation going into the season next year, right? Going into the offseason, should say. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that you can carry momentum year to year. No. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. The roster turnover is so big in the NFL. You know, the 20, 30 new guys that are going to be on this team come, you know, June, they, they, don't, they weren't there with you last year. They didn't go through all those ups and downs, right? So... Uh, I don't think that you can really carry the, that momentum with you, but however, I think you, uh, I think you've built a solid enough foundation and solid enough uh, enough culture uh, that guys, when you step foot in that building, it's just going to have a different feel. Here's um, you're going to be no longer expected to just go out there and compete in effort and grit. No, you, now you can really change the expectations, and uh, I think that will. Uh, carry over with this team. Here's where I think momentum can play a part, not year to year, but when you look at the potential of this team and the perception of this team throughout the course of the NFL or throughout the the NFL is the the 20 or 30 guys like you just mentioned that will be new come June 1 when they start OTAs mm-hmm. and all of those different things. I think will be at a higher level than there has been before. They have the ability to go out and spend some money in free agency. Detroit now looks like an attractive destination because you. I think there are a lot of players across the NFL that would like to play for a coach like Dan Campbell. They don't want to play for him necessarily as a coach that's 313-1, and one, but a coach that is now 9-8, nine nine and eight. Eight, and there's a lot of positive feelings about the Detroit Lions and the potential for next year. It becomes much more attractive, and that's where some of that momentum you create at the end of this year can pay off in the attractiveness of the franchise in free agency. Yeah, because you look at them as a team that's ready to win now, right? Right, yeah. especially with some of the veteran guys. Um, you know, you look at a team that that has seemingly got over the hump, and that's how you get these guys in. You're not going to get free agents that want to come in and be a part of a rebuild, you no. know, unless you overpay for them, unless yeah. you get a guy like. You know, DJ Chark, that probably didn't have a ton of options coming off an injury. Um, yeah, now uh, we've been talking about it for a long time. John is, you know, once you start winning, man, it just changes your franchise. It changes what you can do. It changes the optics of everybody else outside of the building. Man, now that's going to be an attractive place to go. People want to come here. People want to play. Well, we're seeing that's predictions, you, a- you know, all over, you know, these ESPN, all this, you know. <laughs> Should the Lions be one of the favorites to win the North? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, way too early for that. Yeah. I mean, but now also, let's be honest. I mean, you know, they they had – there was a lot of good things that happened for them this season, especially the last couple months. I think the biggest one is, you know, they this was a team that – man, they didn't really have the injury bug. You know, we, we know they lost Tracy Walker to, to the Achilles. Uh, gosh, was that five, six weeks in. Uh, but teams – I mean, you, you, you usually go through – Gosh, is it fair to say maybe five, six bad injuries a year, John? Yeah. Like, they didn't really have any. I mean, I know Swift missed, you know, a couple games there in the middle. I think Amon-Ron missed one game. You know, like, they didn't have any devastating injuries that just completely devastated this team. Um, You know, you can't plan on that. I mean, but it does happen every year. Uh, But, no, it's too early to get into – 
you know, next year's predictions. And because, you know, just because you finished eight and two this year doesn't mean you just roll into next year, right. you know, the favorite to win every game. You know what I mean? You got to go and you got to prove it again and you got to continue to build. But I will say, I mean, this is going to be, uh, in my mind, maybe Brad Holmes' most important offseason of his career. I mean, up to this point, not right. only up to this point, but moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the two the two first-rounders, the two second-rounders, the cap space that you have, bringing in the right people. This could be a potentially franchise-altering alt, franchise offseason. Yeah. I, this is going to be a huge one. And he will be speaking today in Allen Park around 3 o'clock. Uh, we hope to have him on the show either tomorrow or or Thursday. By the way, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has his final power rankings after the regular season. And uh, obviously he is, well, not obviously, but 49ers, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles four, Cincinnati five, Minnesota six, the Lions at seven. That's pretty impressive. I would put them ahead of Minnesota. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right based now. off of right now, yeah. yeah. And I that's mean, gonna, man, that's just the biggest. Ah, uh, just thinking about this yesterday, that's just the biggest shame. Is just that game? What? No, just what? What could? What could this team have done in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. going to San Fran. Is there a chance that they, you know, get spanked? Uh, maybe, right? Yeah. But I think there's a chance anybody could get spanked against San Fran. Right. Um, or could this have been a team that maybe just kept surprising people? You know what I mean? Like, that's, man, this this, this year of, of all the past seasons is just like, you just wanted to see it. You know what I mean? It's you, you, every, We're all thrilled with what they did. We're thrilled with the turnaround. We're thrilled about the optimism of, of this, this team and franchise moving forward, but what could they have done, man? Like, just because you've seen them play against really good teams the past couple months, right? And it's just like, my goodness, man. I don't know if they could have carried this momentum, you know, and gone off to be like the Bengals from last year all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't know. But I can't firmly tell you that I would have picked them to lose against any of these opponents. You know what I mean? Like, the way they were playing was just like, man, I just feel robbed. You know, it's just a shame. They were one win away from being in the you know in, in the playoffs and and quite honestly they were a tie away if the giants and and, yeah. and you know commanders don't tie they they win that tiebreaker over the giants but you look back over the season and you say okay let's take a look at the vikings game in minnesota uh i'm not going to throw the seahawks game in there but the cowboys game in dallas uh, the Dolphins game at home, the Bills at home, or the Carolina Panthers. Of those games, which is the most frustrating if you only needed one more win to get into the playoffs? You said Vikings, Bills, and Panthers? Vikings, yeah, Vikings, Cowboys, Bills, uh, and Panthers. Um, it would be the Vikings game. I mean, because that was the one you had won. Right. The mm-hmm. other ones you were... I mean, you were in it against Buffalo, right? But it's the, the Dolphins, Bills, right? You had the a, Dol- you had the a Dolphins, you had a chance. You didn't score yeah. in the second half. Right? Uh, you know, the the Panthers game, it was just one of those games, right? Just you got you went out there, got your ass kicked, you know, throw the film out, get back next week. Um, the Vikings game was the one that Campbell hurt the most. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, because obviously you had the 10-point lead there late, a couple decisions, and, you know, we obviously know how that finished out. But what was that, week three? Week four, maybe? Week three. I remember sitting there doing the pregame show, and I said, we're going to look back at this game. One of these teams is going to look back, I guarantee you. And no matter win or loss, they're going to say, man, that game made a difference in our season. Uh, for Minnesota, obviously, yes. they could look back and say, man, that catapulted us to you know the 9-2 and right. two start, whatever they had. 
uh, we look back and say, man, that slipped into a one and six start. And even though we crawled back, that was the game that kept us out. You know, yeah. so you don't you don't generally think about the games from you know the first three or four weeks. You think about the previous, you know, the most recent ones, and say, man, that Carolina game. If we could have got that, where in, in reality, it, it's you know that that Minnesota game came back to hurt them. Now I will say, you know. I was so impressed with not only the maturity of the team, the players, the young players, the development, just week to week getting better. Uh, I was even more impressed with, I think, the coaching staff, well, with Dan you know, Campbell's maturity well, and you know, feeling out the game and knowing when to be aggressive, knowing when to be uh, smart, knowing when to take points, knowing when to you know trust your defense. I thought that you know really over the last two months. Uh, there weren't maybe eh, maybe one decision where it was like, oh, what are you doing? But other than that, I mean, he he trusted his players, and his players trusted him, and Sunday, I thought he took a big step. Sunday night, when they declined that penalty, at first my first reaction was, what are you doing? And a then, lot of people did, yeah. And then you thought about it, and it made perfect sense. Now, do you think LaFleur, <laughs> do you think they did that on purpose yes. too? Yes, So I it do. was a great move by them, better great move by Campbell too. Yes, I do, because, I mean, I don't even think – you know, looking at the play live and even watching the replay, I don't even think the Lions were in a snap count. Right. You know, anything that was – it wasn't a hard count to try to draw them off sides. Right. The guy just ran across the line. I think that was 100% coached, and I think the Lions knew that, no, we need to decline this, pick this up, give us give ourselves another fresh four downs rather than only having three downs, you know what I mean, to yes, get the first the down and, yeah. and let them burn the timeout plus the two-minute warning. Now, how many times have we seen the Lions get the ball back with – I think it was 3.30 on the clock. Other teams got all three timeouts plus the two-minute warning and finished the game with the ball in their hands. I don't think we've seen that at all yeah, this year. Right. It seems like uh, we know how this e- goes. Even We're going to get a stop, kick a field, and they're going to go. Aaron yeah, Rodgers is going to get the ball back. Even the first yeah, one against Green right. Bay. You I thought, mean, oh, he's going to do it. Yeah, all right. Well, close well, it out with the ball in your hands, man. It's just a great of, way to finish the season. 